Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Big D here with you once again, another week. For all of you allergy sufferers out there, what a week it was. It's been brutal. But hey, we made it. We're back this week. It's a very big show. Uh, before we start, let's go around the room and introduce everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm uh, jazzed and happy to be here. And I have to say greetings and salutations, as always, from the city of thunder this week. <laughs> Uh, from the man cave here in Tacoma, Washington. Yes. And this is Double D, and it's a pleasure to be here. All right. And, of course, we can't forget Squeeze and Wonder Boy back there running the uh, electronics and the boards. We always appreciate them. Last week, man, we had a big show. Buck Gornsby was on. What a great uh, interview that was. That was good. Got a lot of good response. And, uh, in fact, when Buck was leaving, you know, he, we were talking about Kent Morrell and how he's not doing too well. And uh, I think we're going to set up. Try to set up a benefit show. That'll be nice. So stay tuned. We got yeah. some big announcement. We got some things in the works. People are already jumping on board for that, and we will announce that when we get it all worked out and everything. Of course, on the uh, Northwest Convergence Zone show, we're always uh, curious and wondering, you know, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding. But today, we have a big show. Big show. <clears throat> so sit back, <clears throat> grab your friends, and relax because on our show today we have racing legend Chip Hanauer. We have the blues man Dudley Taft. We have Jeff Call from the brand new uh, club down on South Tacoma Way, Stonegate, and prizes today. Prizes? <laughs> I know. This little old show, we're giving away prizes. Are you serious? That's good. That's usually way beyond our oh, budget. Oh, man. So you got to pay attention, though. Uh, there's some clues that we're going to drop along the way. And in the, the latter part of this show, we're going to tell you about what we're giving away and how you can win them. But uh, we're giving away gift certificates for a restaurant. It's going to be great, man. But first up, let's all give props to the guy. This is uh, anybody who spent any time in Seattle at all, spent you know any moments on the log boom, uh, knows anything about anything, legends of the Northwest, you have to know this name. And actually, he's the only person that we've ever had in here that I, Double D, actually knew before <laughs> we <laughs> actually had him here. I, I admit. That doesn't I, speak too highly. And that <laughs> says a lot. The man's name is Chip Hanauer. Chip, welcome to the show, buddy. Great to be here. Hey, it's good to have you in. And, of course, Chip Hanauer, his uh, legend is, uh, it's, it's been very well documented. Two Hall of Fames. Uh, the youngest in, uh, person in ever into the International Motorsports Hall of Fame. He is uh, drove the Miss Budweiser, of course, and I mean, what a legendary... Joe, you saw a lot of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a Seattle kid, and, uh, you know, before uh, the Sonics, and the only game in town really was the Huskies, but summertime was Seafair and Hydroplanes, and uh, to be able to have uh, Chip here in the studio, it's kind of a, uh, well, it's definitely a Wayne and Garth moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to start saying I'm not worthy. <laughs> and that makes me Garth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go for Wayne. Uh, so... Uh, so, Chip, I um, 
I, I just wanted to ask you that uh, about your days at Wazoo. Let's go back to you're a Coug, and at 22 you graduated, correct? With- I, I don't recall anything from WSU. <laughs> and I do have a piece of paper that says I graduated. A typical Coug. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's all pretty fuzzy. All right. <laughs> but, uh, but I had a good time. Well, I got to I got to say, Chip, I'm a uh, you know proud uh, Husky alum, and uh, I bleed purple and gold, and the last few years I've been bleeding all kinds of colors, the way things have been going over there. Yeah, and we but, enjoy that. <laughs> I know you do, but I, I had to let you know, you're uh, my favorite kook, uh, and the only other kook behind you, is, of course, is Dr. Dan, and that's about it. Well, for a Husky saying I'm his favorite kook, that's like, you're my, of all the axe murderers, you're my favorite. <laughs> that's right. You're my favorite one, man. Yeah. You're, you're the coolest. <laughs> Uh, so now, what 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 was the degree you graduated with? Um, I have a degree in uh, education. I was a special education teacher, and I also have a minor in psychology. And I dealt with behavior disorder kids. Can you help Double D out? No, uh, no by the looks of things, it's, uh, <laughs> beyond my help. Yes. Um, so, uh, kind of a psych education blend kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then I I taught up in Port Townsend. Uh, my kids were uh, in my class for their behavior, not for their academics. So I had kids that were virtual non-readers, and I had kids reading at the college level. So it was it was wow. challenging. Yeah. yeah. And I also know that um, since racing, you do a lot of volunteer work. Yeah, I work with uh, Children's Home Society, which is a residential treatment center for the kinds of kids that I worked with as a teacher. And then uh, I'm also involved with uh, the VA hospital. I'm a van driver that brings vets to the hospital who can't get there any other way. That's that's a great thing, um, and uh, like I was talking to you earlier, that uh, Daryl and I are our metro guys, and we've driven the route up to the VA hospital, and uh, yeah, a lot of those guys need that care and that help, and uh, you know, just uh, uh, an aside, my my father-in-law is uh, at the Renton VFW, and he's in their color guard, and I think they're doing uh, with the. Uh, the World War II vets, about five or six funerals a week out yeah. at Mount Tahoma. Wow. Yeah, we're so. losing them very, very quickly. And it's been a real honor for me. I mean, I've had guys in my van that were prisoners of war, the Japanese, of the Germans, and the stories they tell are, are simply amazing. So it's a, it's a real privilege. I encourage anybody, if you have time at all. Uh, there's all kinds of volunteer work that's available at the VA hospital, and it'll be one of the most enjoyable things you've ever done. So I, I, I have to ask you, though, when you have a van full of these guys, you're motoring around, and it, you know we live in Seattle, Tacoma area, it rains a lot. Are they ever measuring the rooster tail? No, <laughs> it's kind of funny. They, uh, they kind of, after a while, they kind of stare at you, and they can kind of place the face, but they're not sure where. And then usually... <laughs> You bring them to the hospital, and then you wait till the last guy's had his procedure done, and then you take them back. About halfway home, somebody will go, you're not that hydroplane guy, are you? <laughs> so then, then, then like, it floor it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was going to ask if they were going to be telling you how to drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I get that, too. But, well, didn't, uh, you, didn't you take a year off and do some motor, some actual race car Yeah, work? I drove for the Toyota factory uh, in the road racing program. There used to be a series called the IMSA series, which did 24 hours of Daytona, 12 hours of Sebring, and that kind of thing. So I did uh, Toyota for one year, and then they decided to go to IndyCar and Formula One, so they dropped our program and then i started driving privateer porsches for guys that were but non-factory 
Now, I, from what I understand, things I've read, wasn't that actually your first love? Was uh, it was car yeah. racing? I, I grew up loving uh, car racing. Bow racing really didn't appeal to me all that much. <laughs> um, but when you grow up in the Northwest, there's not a lot of car racing going on no. here, and really the only motorsport that was available was outboard racing. So I started racing outboards and uh, just kind of stayed at it and ended up I, I quit when i went to wsu i was gonna get a real job <laughs> and i was in no state to drive anything when i was at wsu a lot of people quit when they yeah, go to wsu right. it's best to quit driving anything when you attend wsu and then uh, uh i intended to never race again and then i started teaching in port townsend and some opportunities came up and uh, i thought oh, i'll give it another whirl and yeah. never went back i've got a driving question for you chip i was reading something that uh I think it was early this year that uh, you were over in Tri Cities and you uh, drove a Zamboni. Yeah, I drove yeah. a Zamboni. I've always wanted to drive a Zamboni. Actually, they asked if I would come over and do some deal with the uh, Americans, the hockey team over there. And I kiddingly said, I'll only do it on one condition. I get to drive the Zamboni. And they went, okay. So, uh, actually, we did a pretty funny videotape. I don't know if you saw if that's up there. I haven't seen it. But the guy that was the Zamboni driver didn't get me at all. And I was Asking, he took. I was asking him. You know, there's this big rotor that that cuts the ice, and then I asked him, for example, if I should shut that off before I reach in to grab the ice. <laughs> he thought that was a good idea. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I liked one of your quote was, uh, "Warm water freezes faster than cold water." Who knew? You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I you know I asked him about that. He said, "Well, of course, hot water freezes faster than cold water." And he went on, and then I thought about that for a second. Like, how does that work? I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently, that's true. Okay, well, I do have an offer for you. Uh, I, I, that article, I read that article, and towards the end, you said that one of your big goals or dreams was to dress up as a goalie and take some shots. Yeah, I of all the, I think if I uh, couldn't have been a race driver, I would have liked to have been a downhill ski racer or a hockey goalie, which is funny because I've never played hockey in my life, but <laughs> I'm so uh, in awe of hockey goalies. I well, mean, that to me looks like the hardest thing to do in sports. Well, my wife is a Canadian, and oh, we actually have uh, a bunch of hockey equipment in the garage, so when we're done, we, oh, can go out, we can go out in the yard, I can fire some at you. I'm used to having attractive women throw things so that'll, work out, that'll work out great. <laughs> we had a uh, now we have a, a guy who just walked in the studio. He's not mic'd up. Do you recognize this guy at all, at all right here? Um, Does he look big? He looks familiar? like a guy who owes me money. That's what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you were on his program at one time. Oh, really? This is uh, formerly Captain SeaTac, Ron oh, Smith. All right. From Q13. Good to see you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I dated uh, uh, an anchor there at uh, Q13, Windy Man. She and I went out for a long time. <laughs> All right. No, I'm sorry. She was 11, not 13. <laughs> Guess 11 years old? Not, not age-wise. <laughs> no, no, no. No, she was 11. That's what she, Oh, she was 11. Me. Okay. But, but she was a mature 11. <laughs> that's good. It's always good to have she a mature She was not girls. your typical 11-year-old. <laughs> Developed well past her age. Chip, I, I've got to ask you a follow-up uh, car question. Both in your personal driving and uh, in your race driving, do you have favorite cars that you've driven? You know, um, I just, my favorite car that I just got rid of was, which is, when I tell people this, especially young people who are horribly disappointed, I had a, a 1990 Buick Estate Wagon with fake wood on the side <laughs> that was peeling off and would flap in the wind. 
and I loved that car. It was the greatest car I've ever driven, and it was just kind of getting bad. So I'd say that was one of my favorite cars ever. And all race drivers, I know very few of them, actually good race drivers, um, they always drive just big, comfortable boats, you know, because we get all of our performance. Race cars are horribly uncomfortable. Race boats or race cars, they're horribly uncomfortable. Um, they're violent, they're loud, they're obnoxious. So uh, why people choose to drive those on the street, I have no idea. Right, you just I, want... You I just, think they think they're going to get laid by driving those <laughs> You just want to go to something low-key, yeah, relaxing. That's right. And the Buick was actually better for getting laid even. <laughs> Chick, chicks dug it. Fold that back. <laughs> seat down oh, yeah, yeah you're ready to go <laughs> well uh let me ask you about you your public speaking right now you have um there's a website that you have out there where people right. can book you you want to talk about about that yeah i do a lot of corporate speaking um i hate i've always offered somebody a prize in fact uh, let's throw that out here on the the convergence zone a prize to come up with a title other than motivational speaker because okay. i can't stand that because <laughs> but that's what they call you um, but yeah i really enjoy that it's a chance for me to talk about what is important to me and what i found worked in my life and in what didn't work in my life and it's gone over really well people really seem to and what's the like website it. on that how, how would they contact uh, you it's just uh chipanhour.com chipanhour.com okay yeah. uh, no book to push no just your personal no book to push. yeah just uh it's uh Anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, and uh, I enjoy doing that a lot. It's free, right? It's not free. Well, no, it is free. It is free. Uh, it's kind of a sliding scale. It, uh -huh. If you're a for-profit company, uh, it costs. If you're a charity or something like that. Yeah, well, I, Big I, Joe has your check out the door. I was no, going to okay. say, we're non-profit. We need motivation. We would be zero. <laughs> I'd be paying you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's talk about... Uh, Tyler Malsum. He is a NASCAR driver that yes. you are working with. Tell us about that. Uh, Taylor is an amazing kid. He's got just race drivers have a mate. You know, they either have it or they don't. And mm -hmm. this kid's just it's like we were talking about guitar before the start. Yeah. This guy's just got natural chops and he has very little experience. So for him to have the chops that he has for as much experience as he has is rare. So I've been working with him for about three years now. And he was just signed by Kyle Bush, who is a mm. big time yeah, cup driver. NASCAR. He started his own NASCAR truck team. So he hired Taylor, and uh, so I'm working real closely with the Kyle Busch Motorsports people and developing him. So how did you discover him? Did he come to you? Uh, no, his father actually came to me, and his father is a non-race guy. And uh, frankly, race fathers I try to stay away from. You know, it's like <laughs> baseball fathers. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, hey, my kid's really fast. You got to see him. He's I'm the like, best. Yeah, yeah, it's like sure he is. <laughs> uh, so I, I really kind of put it off, put it off, and the father asked if we could just have dinner I had dinner he says look he goes i don't like racing i don't know anything about it but everybody's telling me my kid is special at this mm -hmm. so i went to a race and i really went expecting that he's going to be just kind of another wanker kid who thinks he's fast right but it was obvious the kid really was good so i've just been with him for about three years and he's just rocketed up to the point where when kyle bush likes you and uh, that's big time that's big time so no, is, he's a local kid right where is he's he from a, he's a local kid he's from uh Okay, and I mean we have. It's amazing how all of a sudden the Northwest is prominent in NASCAR. You got you have Casey Kane. Yeah, we have Casey Kane and Greg Biffle. Yeah. But what we're really trying to do different because racing is a business as much as it is a sport. And oh, the yeah. problem with those guys is I don't think the Northwest 
kind of claims them is because nobody knew about them until all of a sudden they, they were, were big. They were like, big. hey, they're from the Northwest. Yeah, nobody. But Taylor were trying to get people to follow Taylor and kind of follow his journey so mm-hmm. that when he does get to the top, he is a Northwest guy. And we're trying to get Northwest companies. We are really trying to be totally Northwest company sponsored. You know, the easiest thing to do is go take anybody's money, but I would like Taylor to be thought of as a Northwest sports franchise, mm-hmm. you know, supported by Northwest companies. So, Well, we have five bucks. Can we get our sticker on the car? <laughs> be this uh, big. Yeah, uh, for $5, <laughs> we put the sticker actually on the tire. On the wheel, yeah. On the tire. <laughs> One rotation coming out yeah, of the right, pits. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's no stick on it either. It just, yeah. You just set it on there and it flies $20 off. $20, we'll put adhesive on it. <laughs> Uh, well, Chip, I, I wanted to follow up on, uh, you, you spoke briefly about playing guitar, and um, you, you play classical guitar, so I just wanted to... And now flamenco. Of, and flamenco, and I wanted to kind of pin that down for the people that are kind of rock and rollers like me. Yeah. So when it when it, you say you play classical guitar, is that being that you're in the style of uh, Sergovia? And- well, I started there. I started with classical, and I, I've always liked for lack of a better term, this kind of Spanish sound. There was composers like uh, Terriega and um, a number of them. But then as I started doing more and more classical, it was really the flamenco sound I like. So this last year, I've kind of abandoned the classical, which I'm really glad I did because it gave me a good bass. I learned to read music there. And now I've kind of branched into the flamenco. And the flamenco sound is the one that I really, really enjoy. Yeah, we should have had you brought your guitar in. Uh, that would that wouldn't be good for the show. <laughs> so yeah. so for novices in uh, classical music or in flamenco that would want to learn more about it, who do you suggest people uh, listen a, to? There's a great um, anybody, you know, and it, that's I think um, double deal. Say, you know, the biggest thing about music, I guess, the biggest message I have for middle-aged people who've never played music, get going. I mean, it is the most pleasurable thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks, oh, I'm too old. I did. You know, I'm too old now. I've never been around music. I would love to do it. Do it. Um, it's been absolutely one of the most pleasurable things in my life. So I really encourage. I've got a friend whose grandmother is 91, and she just started taking up conversational French lessons. So, <laughs> wow. You know, I, it's just yeah. you got to don't put things off. You know, just get started. So do you uh, have a... Uh uh, a show list on your webpage of places you might be playing? Uh, no, actually, I play. I was playing this morning before I came here. I played. A, there's a coffee shop. You know where Chimicum is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was playing in a uh, coffee shop this morning uh, called uh, Uncommon Grounds in uh, Chimicum. Great. I, I, I'm huge in Chimicum. Do you have a stage? Chimicum, yeah. Yeah. The, the dairy farm across the street loves me. So people can come and see Chip play. Yeah, that's that's great. great. But the, do you have a stage name? Do you go up as Chip Hanauer? No, but I like that uh, idea. Maybe we could. That's another contest here. Yeah. You know? stage name for myself you know, like Feliz Rodriguez yeah, that's I, yeah I do need something a little more Spanish for me, for sure. <laughs> that's great well uh, before we're gonna play a clip because you used to do work uh, back in the day uh, with with Robin and Maynard Gaze, yeah work Gazy okay uh, uh, yeah I know but used to do on-air you know appearances and so forth and we've got a classic clip that we want to play uh, but before we do that I want to talk for a moment about the time you lost your voice, mm-hmm. and I, I know that it's documented, uh, a lot of stories done where it was a really tough time, and how it came about, but I'm just curious, your take on it, um, you know, when, when it first happened, and, and it didn't know if it was ever going to come back, and then yeah. all the way to the point where 
you know, now you have injections, uh, like you said, like every 90 days. And, right. and really left you kind yeah. of depressed. Just for your listeners, that's not heroin injections. <laughs> clarify yeah. that. I'm not between not, the toes. Not the yeah, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I have a uh, neurological disease called uh, dystonia, and what it does is when I think to speak, my brain confuses the signal and tells my vocal cord muscles to lock shut, so um, I can barely utter a word. I, it's really even hard to imitate myself. Uh, I didn't know what was happening to me, and it's a very rare disease, so I went to doctor after doctor, and nobody could tell me what was wrong. And ultimately, I ended up on a psychiatrist's couch because I thought, you know, that it's, you know, mental. And uh, he said, well, yeah. he was very funny, actually. He said, you may be crazy, but I don't know why you can't talk. I don't think they're, I don't think they're related. Uh, and I was actually diagnosed by a layperson at the SeaTac Airport who heard me. And really? He, he walked up and he said, I heard you try to speak. Uh, do you know what you have? And I said, no. And he said, you have a thing called spasmodic dysphonia. It's very distinctive. When mm-hmm. you, like, I can recognize it in a second. So I flew back to uh, Mount Sinai House hospital in New York and I was diagnosed by uh, Dr. Bryn there who came up with this therapy of injecting my vocal cords with Botox which is what people use to get rid of wrinkles. And Your neck looks really good. Yeah, well, it's funny you should say that because I, 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 I've often envisioned my autopsy where they go, yeah. this guy looks like shit, but his vocal cords look like those of an 18 year old. So uh, it's been a real saving grace for me. And uh, what happens is I get an injection and uh, I get voice for about 90 days and then I start losing and then I go in for another injection and so it's this ongoing process and my voice is different every day um, I sound different you know as I progress through the injection I sound different every day but that I time- never sound good just different <laughs> oh, yeah, you sound great but that time was hard for you wasn't it yeah you know the um, the biggest the I I became horribly depressed. Um, I just didn't want to live anymore. And um, I didn't know what was happening to me. Nobody could tell me what was happening to me. Uh, my ability to be around people, to communicate was going away. And I was just super depressed. But now I look back at that time as uh, the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because, you know, you're, you're on this kind of track and you think you got the world by the balls and everything's great. And then all of a sudden your world changes. Mm-hmm. And then when you come back from that it changes your priorities absolutely so you know i really like the person i am today and i don't think i would be the person i am today had i not gone through that it was a horrible time but sure. i'm very grateful for it because yeah. it got me where i am today which is doing this show which so now i'm not so grateful <laughs> so uh, you've moved up to the big yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> now i'm back in the garage here doing a radio show well well since you said it's a uh, neurological do you think that uh, that might have something to do with any of the accidents yeah, that you were in absolutely um i think i knocked a wire loose is what happened uh, i think actually i think i can pinpoint it they, they don't know for sure but i had a really bad accident and uh, gosh, well, I've had so many head injuries. I don't know when it was. Uh, I think it was 92. I uh, blew over the Budweiser and I was unconscious for about 20 minutes. And wow. then when I start thinking back at that time, it was sometime after that that I noticed my voice was starting to change and I just was clearing my throat a lot. And so I'm thinking that that's where I knocked the, uh, the blue wire off mm-hmm. there. Wow. Oh, man. That's, well, we're glad you made it through that. Definitely. And that you can, uh, that you know, made you a better person. You learned from it, whatever, mm-hmm. and then you got over depression. Cause I, I, actually, Bernie Little had a pretty good line because I was driving for Bernie when I lost my voice completely. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Bernie says, ah, I got the best race driver in the world. He can win, but he can't talk. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we got a special treat here. We're going to play a classic clip uh, from when you were on the Robin, Robin and Maynard show. And this, this had us all laughing then. It still has us laughing now. Kick back and enjoy this for a moment. Hi, this is Chip Hanauer. In the radio dramatization that you're about to hear, I play Captain E.J. Smith, the captain of the ill-fated Titanic. I do this not for the entertainment value and certainly not for the money, but purely to tell the story that truly happened. <laughs> Take a journey back in time. Wow, what a boat. I'll bet a young stud like me will stack babes up like cordwood. To discover the splendor of an unsinkable ship. Well, you know, this cruise ship thing is boring. I think I should have stayed with hydroplane racing. That sank like 10 pounds of spuds in a 5-pound sack. Nothing dramatic happens like those great accidents I used to have. Chip Anauer is Captain E.J. Hornblower. Look a mermaid with big tits. Really? Where? <sighs> and Roy Otis is Chief Navigator. Major Look. Roy Otis, in an exclusive presentation of KZOK and The Fishing Channel, Titanic, the miniseries. I just won my ticket in a poker game, and I'm like a total babe magnet. Shorty Peters is Leonardo DiCaprio. What could possibly go wrong, Fabrizio? What could go wrong? Well, look at the drapes, look at the tablecloths, look at the decoration. Oh, God, everything clashes in here. Who decorated this place, Eagle Hardware? <laughs> and Preston Pintler as Fabrizio. I'm getting seasick looking at the walls. Stink a Titanic, the miniseries. Otis, I appreciate you. You like to have fun. We all like to have fun at times. But... Iceberg, get ahead. Now, there you go. Seriously, Otis. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. Collide with destiny. Can you see the iceberg out there? And if this is going to continue to be a problem between you and I... No, shit. It's an iceberg. Titanic, brought to you by the amazing glowworm. The amazing glowworm catches trout, bass, crappie, marlin, tuna, salmon, and carp. Take it from 1997 bass champion Virgil Timmons. If you don't catch more fish with the amazing glowworm, then I'm a no good, dirty son of a. Call 1 800 glowworm now. Special guest appearance by Gregory Peck as deck steward number three. Boys, we've been struck by the great white whale. Good evening, folks. This is Captain Hanauer speaking. You'll notice some water running in the hallways. Not to worry, that's um, the toilets. Of, um, actually, back by popular demand tonight is the Surprise Family Swim. And featuring Richard Peterson as the White Star One Piece Orchestra. Either my spit valve is backing up or this crate is sinking for my next number. Music to drown by. Titanic, the miniseries. Snow cones, 50 cents. Get your snow cones, 50 cents. Taped live in front of an empty theater at the Elks Lodge in Lake Taps. Coming soon to the Fishing Channel. Also available on VHS, DVD, and SOL. Limited edition 3D swimming goggles available now at Chubby and Tubby. Hey, Celine Dion, I have a hot 
Grand Monkey Business. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey there, Daryl. All right, so that was uh, <laughs> that was Robin, Maynard, Chip, and a cast of thousands right there. Yeah, you remember doing that, that Chip? Uh, I do remember doing that. Um, surrounded by great professionals doing great professional work that I'm very <laughs> proud to hear back today. So how did you get involved with the Robin and Maynard show? I know you did more than just that. You were pr- kind of a standard guest, like a lot of the people on there. Um, I actually met John. He was in the Tri-Cities. First time I met John covering the race for who he was working for then. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, he asked if I would do an interview with a guy named Roy Otis. And <laughs> I said, you know, I, absolutely. And, and the question that Roy asked me was if my mother made me a sandwich before <laughs> I got in the boat. And uh, this is the radio personality for me. Uh, well, we have, we have a surprise for you. Uh, actually, on the line right now is the one and only John Maynard. John, how you doing? My, my, and what a surprise. <laughs> yes, I am. Lovely. Gosh, I am tearing up here. Yeah, yeah. Chip fell off his kind, chair. Kind it's of a Ralph like, Edwards thing. Yeah, it is. It's a Ralph Edwards thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's my greatest surprise, though it's Maynard. <laughs> Why is he on? <laughs> now, John, do you remember uh, Do you remember me? It would have been a surprise if it would have been Bernie Little yeah. you know, or Dave Villa. <laughs> that would have been a surprise. Well, Bernie's dead, so that would have been a <laughs> super cool exactly. surprise. <laughs> that would have been Jonathan Edwards. That would have that would have put the convergence zone on the map if they uh, had dead people on. Well, John, you're our uh, first. We got re- double D. John, you're our first repeat uh, repeat guest on the Northwest Convergence Zone, so uh, uh, you'll have the record. You'll be like Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live. I will. Yeah. yeah. Well, for us. <laughs> yeah, you're halfway there. You'll, you'll have the most appearances. Gee, John, our careers have really taken off. Haven't they? <laughs> Kind of mining a shallow shaft if I have to be on twice. <laughs> now, John, do you remember uh, interviewing Chip that no. first time with uh, Otis? No. John was drunk out of his mind at that no. time. No, I was not. Well, actually, I was drunk, but I wasn't out of my mind. Well, I was out of my mind. <laughs> Which is what I said. I, I left some chips on the table in the Tri-City that summer. Who hasn't? <laughs> I was a good boy. Now, John, uh, when, you got, when you moved to Seattle and you did the Robin and Maynard show, did, was it like a mandatory thing for you to, to hunt down Chip Hanauer? You guys did some great work together, or did that just uh, manifest itself? Well, uh, in the first place, I'd like to, if I could take a moment to say that question made absolutely no sense. (laughs) He loves to bust my balls. uh, uh, And number two, it was mandatory for anybody moving to Seattle to work with Robin. Or sleep with her was mandatory for a lot of people. When I went in, she was was rolling through about two two people a week. (laughs) They were either left crying or they were sleeping under the desk. I I don't know, for some reason we got, what do we get, 20 years out of it? Yes. (laughs) And did you have uh, any favorite favorite moments with Chip? No. (laughs) Chip's crying now. All those years. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we had some good times. Uh-huh. I think John told me the favorite thing. He asked for an audio. John's studio looked a little bit like your garage here with a lot of stuff here on the... And he asked um, if I could sign a picture. So I wrote, uh, John, uh, 
Go fuck yourself, Chip Hanauer. <laughs> that was on the wall there forever. It was on the door, and uh, it was on the door when these, you know, the bluebirds came by for a visit or the scouts or something. <laughs> they took highly to that, did they? They liked it. My, my favorite was when John, or I think it was Robin, made the seafare princess, or the the queen or whatever they call it, you know, the, it made her cry because she called her fat, didn't she, John? Um, you know, I remember, um, God, who's the guy that was with Seafair? The guy with the big voice? I'm going to space on his name, but I remember. Pat O'Day? Uh, no, it was, uh, he kind of managed the Seafair, and he would bring the princesses in. And I remember, it wasn't all that long ago, he brought uh, one of the queens or princesses in, Radovich. Is that his name? That sounds right. Yeah. And, uh... They got up and walked out in the middle of the show, and I remember going, I remember going out to the lobby when they were, the elevator door was closing, and I was just, I was like, well, I'm sorry if I made you, I'm sorry if I made you mad. I didn't mean to make you mad, and that was it. Door closed, <laughs> down they went, and uh, that was it. I can't remember. What did you say that actually offended the seafarer? You know, I wish I could remember. It was her weight, though, I believe. There was. Mm, you know, that wouldn't have been me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> No, yeah, you know what? I never made a, a, a personal attack uh, because of somebody's physical characteristics, only because of their errant behavior. John didn't understand. John spoke at, he went to Pullman High School, and he spoke at his 30th reunion or something, and some guy, I believe he was now a, a superior court judge in the state, and John got, John calls up and asks me, he said, now, would you be upset if I told a story about you? And I said, no, well, he no. was, you know who he was? He was the, uh, the guy that invented the scanner, grocery store scanner. So, you know, so John you know. gets up there wow. and begins to tell the story. And this guy is there now. He's a prominent guy in the state. How John really liked going into the boys' room with him because he was uncircumcised and he could pinch it off and pee and it would blow up like a balloon. Oh, no. And John couldn't understand why that upset the guy that John would tell that story. Well, you know, you have there's a few little, you know, nuances there. It wasn't like I enjoyed going into the... Number one, we were in the second stinking grade. So yeah, we were what, seven? John, you always enjoyed the men's room. <laughs> Did he follow you in, Joe? Well, I'll tell you something. Oh, I've been alarmed when I've been in there with you. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I have gone into shock. I'd have to wait till John turned his back and run into the men's room so he wouldn't follow me in there. <laughs> uh, well, we did have, and I'll tell you another, um, you probably, you weren't there for this one, but I'll tell you another men's room story, which was... Uh, really He's got good. a million but, of them. But, but I want to clear up the... the thing with the in the second grade with his kid who is pinching off his foreskin like a giant water balloon out of it and it, it kind of shot a stream out you know like a venturi effect and uh, because i thought you know when i told that story at that class reunion you know i thought he'd get a, a laugh out of it and i thought it was highly creative because it was nothing that i'd ever thought of and um you know, I I just hope it inspires anybody that's listening to this podcast, maybe. You know, to give it a whirl. <laughs> to experiment. There's thousands of men right now in Pierce County <laughs> trying yeah, it. You can make a water balloon? I, yeah. Pinch that thing off. And, you know, you can get, you can get yeah. It's, it's good. But anyway, the uh, other uh, men's room story is the Sugar Crisp Challenge. 
and that was at the Buzz, and that was with our uh, producer Nick Reynolds. <laughs> and the the challenge was the challenge is you know when it's asparagus urine. And, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, and but the uh, maybe it's has been on MythBusters. I don't know, but Sugar Crisp gives the same odor to urine as asparagus. So okay, now yeah. that I am going to try. <laughs> I think Robin didn't buy that. So we had the Sugar Crisp challenge, asparagus <laughs> challenge, and uh, I ate asparagus. And Nick ate sugar crisp, and we waited about an hour and a half. And then uh, we went ahead, and, and, and Robin was going to be the judge on the air. So we went in to get our sample, and uh, and we can't and and it's we we went in together, and uh, I kind of looked over at Nick's sample, and I said, God, are you you know are you drinking enough water? You look really it's like you are just not hydrated and it was just this brilliant poison looking bright yellow and uh, so we brought the samples back in and Robin gave it the, each one the blind whiff test and she and I'm not sure which one happened first but when she whiffed <laughs> She just about heaved all over the studio. She, had, she just had to go flog out. She had that, you know, that immediate reaction and just about blue chow. Oh, I got I to gotta know. Does Sugar Crisp smell like asparagus pee? <laughs> sure does. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. It's confirmed. No wonder you guys po- drove her to Montana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. No wonder she left. <laughs> Holy crap, all the stuff you put her through. All right, well, John, we want to thank you for joining us, and uh, and we really appreciate it, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Yeah, sure. Anytime you want to know anything, you know how to have uh, fun a million different ways with urine, give me a call. <laughs> all we'll right, do John. That. Unless it's hand hours. Uh, and uh, please don't. <laughs> it's clear as the uh, as Green Lake, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's, that's not very clear. No. <laughs> all right, John. I'll be in touch. Oh, there's a trout. <laughs> <laughs> One of them. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so before we let you go, Chip, we have to do the Big Ten. We gotta. Sure we, we do. We gotta get you out of here because uh, we've held you for a long time. We really appreciate it. All right. The Big Ten. Chip Hanauer, uh, legendary hydro race driver. Your favorite food, my man. Free. <laughs> <laughs> And Any, anything free. <laughs> anything that anything somebody's handing you is good. All right, very good. Uh, what's the first car you ever bought? A 1956 Chev uh, Cameo pickup truck, which oh, I nice. desperately wish I still had today. Yeah, those yeah. are very rare. I know. I love that truck. I had a 55. That was the first one uh, I ever bought. A Cameo. Yeah, nah. with the wraparound windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Uh, your favorite sports team. Favorite sports team? Uh, you know, I'm not a sports guy. I don't follow team sports at all. Uh, I would say uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, okay, yeah, can no, I, that's good. Can I ask a quick uh, follow-up sports question, Chip? I was wondering, have you ever been approached by the Seahawks to do the 12th man flag? No, I never have. Oh, uh, we got to get wait, on that. Would you be interested in that? Oh, well, who would? Okay, be, great. Well, we're going to get behind that. We're gonna get, we are going to get behind that, that, especially yeah. after I just said I'm not a sports fan. I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to go over great. Yeah. No, we're going to hop on that yeah. one. Okay, Chip, what was your first paying job? Uh, I flipped hamburgers at Jack's Drive-In, which was at the shopping center in Newport Hills. Oh, very good. It was 
13. And if you're working around the house or on your car or on your hydro, what's your favorite tool to work with? <laughs> uh, favorite tool? I'm not going to touch that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we know you touched that. If, if favorite tool to work with would be a chainsaw. Oh, yes. nice. Cutting yeah. down stuff, huh? Yeah, anything. Do you remember the first album that you ever bought? Hmm, I don't. I really don't. I remember um, I didn't listen to a lot of... It was funny. I came from a totally non-music family. We didn't have a stereo. Wow. So I really didn't start listening to music to college. So I would... I would Probably was like Elton John or Jethro Tull. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes. Now I don't know if you have time for this, or even if you tune in. Oh, but sure. if you wa if you're watching TV right now, what's a can't miss TV show for you? Uh, I really love Frontline. Have you ever mm -hmm. seen Frontline? Yeah, absolutely. I love yeah. In fact, the best one of the best Frontlines I ever saw was last week uh, about a guy who chose to end his life uh, who with Lou Gehrig's disease. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on television. And I really like uh, Sunday morning um, show. Okay, like and talk shows and stuff. Yeah. Okay, and your favorite movie? You have a favorite movie of all time, or you know? Like uh, I really like Das Boot. Have you ever seen yes. Das Boot? Love Das Boot. Um, there's another guitar. Although, don't they sink in that? Uh, and they, they, well, you're going to wreck the movie for me. <laughs> I can't say that. We're just, right. I'm, but I'm just saying for a hydro, well, I mean, it's been out yeah. forever. And a hydro racer, I, I would think they would want a happy yeah. ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's another movie, a, a Sean Penn movie that hardly anybody's, oh, I know. Um, Gosh, now I'm drunk. But the Sean Penn, we were thinking it was called Sweet and Lowdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that's a great yeah. movie. That's, yeah. That's, the that's Django Reinhardt? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of Django yeah. Reinhardt. Yeah. Yeah. That movie. All right, Chip, what was the last concert you attended? Um, what constitutes uh, any live music or well outside concert? of your own that you just did in this in the in the big city? Uh, <laughs> probably I went to. Who did I just see? I go to a lot of live music. That's really yeah. my favorite thing to do. So I'd say the last. Uh, who did I see? Um, like the one that's coming to mind real quick is uh, Jerry Douglas, the Dobro player. Mm -hmm. I yeah. heard him at the Triple Door. I love the Triple Door. It's a great venue. Isn't that a great venue? Uh, I'm there a lot. Yeah, we saw Dick Dale there. That was awesome. Yeah, I was there. I was. Were there. you at the yeah, Dick Dale show? Dick Dale was the last show I was at. Oh, you were there. Yeah, it was a good show. That was an awesome yeah, show. He's great. Yeah, I got his autographed picture hanging right behind you. Okay, if somebody's buying and uh, we're all sitting around having a round, it could be any type of drink. What are you having? Uh, I like tequila. I drink. A lot of tequila. I typically end my night, uh, you know, in the morning I practice real hard. I mean, I'm really trying to learn new music and stuff. And then mm -hmm. at night before I go to bed, I just play for my own enjoyment and have a little sipping tequila and uh, a beer with that. What so, kind are you having? Um, I've got my girlfriend works at a restaurant called The Flying Fish, so mm -hmm. uh, she brings home all kinds of different, really nice, you know. Oh, very good. All right. And the last of the Big Ten for Chip Hanauer. You've been all over the Northwest, Northwest boy. What's your favorite spot or favorite place in the entire Northwest? Um, sitting on my deck in Port Townsend, uh, right there. There's no place. I, I have to travel a lot with this NASCAR program, and mm -hmm. that's my happy place. I'm sitting on an airplane. Um, I just love being there with my dog and the guitar and my girlfriend, and that's just heaven for me right there. Beautiful. Great. Beautiful. Any last questions for Chip, guys? Okay. <laughs> okay. We just honor to have him here and be oh, able no. to talk with him. It's Chip, great, it's Chip. been, it's been an absolute honor, absolute pleasure. We want to thank you so much for dropping in. I enjoyed and, it. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with you down the road. You bet. I'll be around. Thanks. That's Chip Hanauer. All right. Well, we want to thank Chip Hanauer for coming in. And that's going to conclude part one of our show today. we got a long show. Uh, stick around. 
check out part two. We have Dudley Taft, Jeff Calls coming in, and we're giving away two gift certificates to El Gauchos. Now the catch is, what we're going to be asking the question about is from part one, so you got to listen to both parts. All right.